The e-resource of this episode is Rosetta Stone. With Rosetta Stone, you can learn to listen, read, write, and speak a new language. The Rosetta Stone Library Solution teaches by context clues and interactive feedback through your computer, tablet, or mobile device. You'll find Rosetta Stone in the e-learning section of our e-library, jocolibrary.org slash e-library. I can tell you that if I needed a specific, special book that I didn't have at the at the university, I had to go to the public library. And then the experience was that you had to be there early, very early, like some people, 6 a.m. or before, stay in line and wait for the time when they open, maybe 8 a.m. Uh, it was at that time, now it had changed. Okay. Wow. And, and we had to wait like hours to in line to go to uh, request a book. At that time, I think we do it uh, with uh, uh, just writing it. And, uh, and then you go to the special, a specific uh, place where you sit, and maybe two hours after that, you got the book. Joko Library Uncovered. Hi, Charles. Hey, Dave. Hey, you know, I know that we both love to learn. Our audience loves to learn. It's and true. the library is a great place to learn for sure. Yeah. And this week, our topic is Latino services. Yes. Well, it's actually <laughs> Libraria versus Biblioteca. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not pronouncing those either of those words completely correct. But you'll get the correct pronunciation by the you end will. of this episode. Yeah. Um, but, you know... Because we are lifelong learners and we love to learn, sometimes this podcast, it kind of blows us away because there are things that we just didn't know and we continue to learn. And this time, I got to admit, I really knew nothing about libraries in Latin America. Yeah. Yeah. I know we had talked before about like doing a Libraries of the World episode yeah. with our different staff members we have. For sure. Uh, but and maybe we will still do that. Yeah. I would love to. That would be, a, I think, it's still an interesting episode, especially after all that we learned for this one. But why not start with our neighbors right. to the south? Yeah. For sure. Uh, and because we have staff members who work with uh, Latino services outreach here at the library. Right. Um, figured we would speak with them and try and get a sense of how the, I don't know, how the perception of libraries can differ based off of your background and your experience with libraries. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we're talking about Latin America, we're generally talking about the entire continent of South America, but also Mexico, which is North America. Um, so Central America, the islands of the Caribbean, uh, just really any place that speaks a Romance language we mm-hmm. call Latin America. Right. Yeah. So even though we, we recognize there are different cultures and uh, different cultural heritage from each of those countries, that uh, we are talking about it in general under that that common language group. But with the understanding that libraries in each of these countries and cultures may be very, very Mm -hmm. different. So that's going to be very interesting to hear in this episode. Yeah. 
So let's jump into some interesting facts about Latin American history, especially when it comes to libraries. Yeah. So the first fact we have here, during the golden period of Maya civilization, also called the classic period, which was from 250 to 900 AD, long time ago, uh, the Maya were believed to have large libraries filled with books. And it was said that the Aztec city of Tenochtitlan had become such a splendid city, according to records, it dazzled the Spaniards. Uh, the Aztecs had an advanced, prosperous civilization. And though it was speculated that the Aztecs had libraries, not much is known about where the Aztecs actually kept their records. And so Conquistador and eyewitness uh, Bernal Diaz mentioned Singh's a whole house filled with large books. Yeah, and so part of that, like we said, the believed that the Mayan had large libraries, speculation about the Aztecs' libraries, that a lot of that is because the Spanish arrival meant that the pre-existing Mesoamerican books and libraries were often destroyed by conquistadors and missionaries. Well, let's fast forward to today where hopefully nobody is destroying any more records. Right. Um, did you know that there are 7,413 public libraries in Mexico? Also, the Biblioteque Nacional do Brasil in Rio de Janeiro is the largest library in Latin America and the seventh largest in the world. Wow. The Biblioteca Palafoziana. And by the way, we're not familiar with any of these names and we're trying our best. So if we butcher the pronunciation, uh, you know, yes, we, we apologize. Yes, we're sorry. <laughs> so anyways, the Biblioteca Palafoziana was the first public library of the Americas and it was founded in 1646. And uh, that was by uh, that was created by a bishop named Juan de Palafox, and he donated five thousand of his own books to the Catholic seminary that he had created in Pueblo, Mexico. And the National Library of Colombia is generally considered to be the oldest national library in the Americas. It was founded at the end of the 18th century in 1777 by Viceroy Manuel de Guiror, who established the library in the city of Bogota. And then there's Johnson County and the Johnson County Library. Not in Latin America, but we do offer Latino services. And so when we were asking our staff to pitch ideas for the podcast, one that was very interesting was pitched as Libraria versus Biblioteca. And I don't want to speak for you, Charles, but I felt like we were just like, okay, what now? Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds – you have my curiosity. You have my attention. Right. Yep. So we wanted to learn more about that, and we will come back with that topic and a couple guests right after the news. Library News. And a hearty welcome to our guests, Christine and Harman. Uh, let's start with introductions. Christine. My name is Christine Peterson. 
And I work at the Central uh, Resource Library, which is the main library for the Johnson County Library. And I am, at this time, the Latino Services Outreach Librarian. Very good. And Herman? Uh, thank you for inviting us. And uh, I, I am originally from Colombia, uh, Bogota. And uh, I work as a information specialist for okay. adult services now. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're joined by our old friend Charles. Hello doing? again. How you doing? <laughs> it's good to good to see you and hear you. Okay, so today's topic is kind of broad, but I think ultimately this is about what Johnson County Library has to offer the Latino community. And I think the place to start is the word library itself. Mm-hmm. And in Spanish, oh my gosh, Charles working on the website, we have all kinds of difficulty translating for a Latino population because none of us speak Spanish. And so oftentimes we would enlist the services of Herman and Christine here and and sometimes others, but uh, they've been such a big help for us to rewrite content and provide good content for our audience. So let's start with the word library then. We will share in our show notes a video by Herman, and it's for, forgive me, is this is Univision Kansas City, is that? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. And you did a bunch of videos for them. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? Uh, when I was working, uh, normally it was at Oak Park, uh-huh. and we had many uh, interactions with uh, Latino population. Um, we have uh, we used to do the outreach activities f- uh-huh. for all the Spanish population, and we go to universities, to uh, radio stations, to TV, yeah, uh, and and we just uh, were talking about the library, the services that we offer to the population, Spanish population. And uh, and I ended going there, and they offered me to do something about the language. But yeah. it was not officially for the library, but okay, yeah. I, did, I did that. But, and, but it serves to the Latino population, and whatever wants to, to learn about that. Well, they're, they're wonderful and informative videos. And so one of them is about cognates, which was a, a new word to me. Mm-hmm. But from uh, the way you explained it, uh, so a, a cognate is a word that is related in origin to another word, such as in English, we have library. And in Spanish, there's a word that kind of looks like library, that is libraria. Can you define libraria for us? Okay. And actually pronounce it the way it's supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Christine, <laughs> love well, me now, but, but yeah, we, we talk about that with Christine many times, and uh, the word sounds really similar. Yeah. Library and libreria. I was libreria. not even close. <laughs> yeah, but, but the cognates, the cognates are the words that are similar to in meaning yeah. to other words in different languages. Then you can have a, a cognate of a computer. You can say computador, because it's from English, and the origin is the same one. Mm-hmm. Then it's easy to know that is uh, a television, television. Mm-hmm. Then there are many words that they are very similar. and. And then, but sometimes, and that, that's the situation with that word specifically, uh, which is biblioteca, 
and libreria. But about that, I think Christine can <clears throat> explain a little bit more. Well, we know them as false cognates because ah. they sound the same, yes. just like embarrassed and embarazado, or we could say simpatico and sympathy. Those are false cognates because uh, simpatico. Uh, uh, yeah, what do those mean? Simpatico means someone who is nice, oh. and sympathy is to show some kind of an emotional uh, understanding to someone in maybe a sad situation and taking pity on them. Okay. And so. Embarazado means to be pregnant, but embarrassment <laughs> means to be embarrassed, to, to oh be guilt, uh, feeling guilty. Wow. Or um, So those are false cognates. Yeah. And library and libreria are false cognates. And yes, we have over hundreds of words that are similar and mean the same thing, but then we have those false ones and you need to be very careful. Well, let's dive into that false one. So what, um, and I, I, I just, I have trouble with the pronunciation. Libreria? Libreria. Libreria. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what, what does that mean? A libreria in Latin America is a bookstore. Oh, no. <laughs> and at a bookstore, you purchase materials. They usually have a coffee shop. You can sit there and read materials, or that's usually where they go to buy their school supplies, is at a libreria. But because the two words are so similar, when Latin American Spanish-speaking people come to the United States, they believe that because we have books at the library, it's a libreria. But I explain to them that this is a biblioteca. And that's, we, we do not sell books here at the Biblioteca. We lend them to the public. So if, if I th can summarize what I think I've heard is that one is really a bookstore and the other, Biblioteca, is actually a library. Okay. Yes, correct. All right. So now that definition of a library, I, I feel like... Those of us that have grown up in the United States have a pretty um, standard understanding of what a library is. Tell me about different folks from Latin America that may come to this country. They might have had a different experience than uh, their interaction with an American library than what they experienced in their own country. And... There might be differences in libraries from country to country in different Latin American countries. Is that true? Uh, yes, it, it is, and it depends where you are from. Okay. And uh, in in my case, I I just uh, I'm from Bogota. I was born in Bogota, and I studied. I went to the university in Bogota, and uh, and we have, of course, a, a biblioteca or library in. Uh, at the university, but also we have a public uh, a library. And then I used to go there. But many people at that time, because it was a long time ago, <laughs> I think 40 years ago. So, I'm right uh, there with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, then um, 
it, it was so so different, like the situation that we have in the United States now. It had been changing in Bogota, but uh, at that time, I can tell you that if I needed a specific, a special book that I didn't have at the at the university, I had to go to the public library. And then the experience was that you had to be there early, very early, like some people, 6 a.m. or before, stay in line and wait for the time when they open, maybe 8 a.m. Uh, it was at that time, now it had changed. Okay. Wow. And, and we had to wait like hours to in line to go to uh, request a book. At that time, I think we do it uh, with uh, uh, just writing it. And, uh, and then you go to the special, a specific uh, place where you sit, and maybe two hours after that, you got the book. Oh my because there goodness. were many people waiting for the book. And then you, and you have only two hours to read that book. Oh my God. So and and it, 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 yeah, if you compare now with the situation, is is other world. But in Bogota, I had been coming back to to Bogota for uh, was for a long time, and uh, now they have big libraries. Um, normally, they do not have a small library like Oak Park or something like that. But they are big libraries, and and they have many good services and uh, it's different it's very similar to what we have right now they can take the the books home sometimes they send it uh, through the mail yeah. the books yeah you just reserve them and they send the, the books but we had to have in mind that uh, uh, we have like 10 millions of people in Bogota and uh, and it's another world no you can compare maybe with Mexico City or New York or something uh -huh. like that sure yeah, but but I think we do not have uh, the quality that we have right now in Johnson County. Because Johnson County, we are just lucky, really lucky for Very for fortunate. all this coverage. No, you you just have a little library and get your books. It's really easy, and uh, we have many copies. And uh, but but now I can send you later some. Features, <laughs> uh, some maybe a video or something about what oh, it is in Bogota now. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the world is different. I lived for some time in Ecuador too, and okay. it was very similar than Colombia. Okay. And I don't know how it's right now, but I know in Bogota we have many libraries. Even the Biblioburro, Biblioburro is a is a book that we have here. The translation in uh, to uh, to English from Spanish is the experience of a teacher in Colombia in a little town that um, they uh, they didn't have any libraries because it's is far far from from any city. And then he was a teacher, got some books, maybe 50, 70 books, something like that, and, and bought some books. And he started taking these books in a, in a donkey, <laughs> put the books, going to the farms, and give the books to the children. Oh, and, wow. just, and he comes uh, next week, maybe, or two weeks after that, yeah. and then take the other books and bring other books, and and we have a book about that at the library. Oh, it's the Biblio Burro. Is the, is the oh, title. we want that title he for our show. Yeah. 
He, re- he receives a lot of donations from all over, and now he has two burros. Alpha is the name of the first burro, and Beta is the name of the second burro. And um, it is very interesting how those who are familiar with reading, who are educated, and want other children to be exposed to books, the efforts that they make. My experience in other countries with books, when I went to um, Tlaxcala, Apisaco Tlaxcala, they had a small building, and there was a desk at the entrance, and there were pictures all over the wall that children had done, and there was a young lady there, not a professional librarian, but a library staff person. They had four computers that people could access the internet, and there in that same room with the computers, she had boxes of books that the children could look at, and they were children's books. And then off to the side was a set of stairs that went up into the reading room, and it was locked with a a fence-type gated fence. Uh And you had to request to have her unlock it, and you go in there to look for the book that you want, and the bookshelves were from ceiling to floor. And there was a big, long table in the center of the room, and you'd get your book, and you would sit down there to read that book for about two hours that you didn't get to check it out or take it home. And she told me that she received her books from the uh, Mexican Association of Librarians out of Tlaxcala, the capital city of the state, and they would already come cataloged, and she would make sure that they were in their place, but they did not get to check any books out. And then when I went to Guadalajara, there the university was just beginning to make part of the university library a part that would be open to the public, and they wanted to begin story times for children. They had also acquired a bookmobile they were going to take to the schools, And they had asked the group of us, we are from Reforma, which is a group that is supported by the American Library Association, and we were there for the Guadalajara Book Fair, and we had a meeting, and they wanted to know how do you conduct a children's story time, because they had never done that, and they were getting ready to do that. And that was probably about about 10 or 15 years ago that they had begun that. When I was in Thailand, in Chiang Mai, um, there was a little library upstairs above a store, and these books were donated from people in the United States who would mail them to this uh, organization, and they would have those books there that you could check out. That was kind of an interesting little library. And then the library that I saw in the Philippines was in Manila, and it's expensive. Presley, a children's library, uh-huh. and it's just for children, and it's huge, hmm. but it's just for children. So they do have access to libraries, but as Herman says, you have to live in the city because that's usually where the library is, and if you have no way of getting there, then you're out. You don't have branches everywhere where you could go and be at a library to borrow books. And I can tell you, Christine, now have been a lot of changes. You know, around the world, everybody has a phone. 
mm -hmm. and connection yeah. to internet yeah. mm -hmm. and it's everywhere yeah. and then it changes because now they can have classes uh -huh. uh, no? just with the TV and some kind of connection yeah. and access to many books and that's a good part about the, the new the technology yeah. that's wonderful Mm -hmm. We had some things are not really good, but this is one of the good ones. Yes. And they, uh, they can access in little farms and little towns, and they can have classes, and, and it's better. Yeah. But yeah, we have lack of uh, uh, more uh, uh, money, I think, to buy things, more computers sure. mm -hmm. and, and, and better schools. And, and the schools here are like heaven, no? big schools the the schools that we have there they are not that good some some are good but but no average mm -hmm. yeah so so it sounds like some of the that difference in resources translates into those like more closed stacks you were seeing which is a library term for the the listeners of like the the books on the shelves were behind that locked door for you so you had to get like you had to get access through the librarian. So do you see some of that bleeding through into the perception of the the work you do here at Johnson County with the Latino Outreach Services, that perceptions of people coming to the Johnson County Library for the first time, maybe they they have experienced some of those other systems and they have a different perception coming in? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, all the time we, we receive when uh, some immigrant, not just Hispanic immigrant, but uh, they, they just said, how much, what is the cost of the library card? <laughs> oh, no? Uh, can I take uh, DVDs home or movies? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they surprise. Can I take the books? And many times I, I received those uh, opinions about them. They say, no, do not worry. You just fill the application. And many times they do not sign for a library card because they think it, there's a cost. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, and there and are still know. some who come into the library and they'll grab a book off of the shelf and they'll sit down and they'll read it for a while. And then when they're ready to leave, they will put the book back on the shelf backwards, not <laughs> so to see the spine, but to see the pages there because they... The belief is, or actually that's what they do in their country, they put it in backwards so that when they come back the next time, they'll be able to find that book uh -huh. because that's that book that they had put there. So there are still some that don't understand that they can have a library card at the Johnson County Library and they can take books home and it's free and DVDs and music and so forth. So some of those basic things that we have come to know all of our lives, but it's mm -hmm. a new concept to a lot of uh, these, these patrons. Um, I feel like that brings us to this question, um, and that is how does Johnson County Library serve the Latino community? And we started getting into that, but let's just talk about all the things that we do at the library, all the services and resources that are available, and, and maybe some of the stumbling blocks that patrons have encountered. Uh, it, it changed. It's, it's kind of a difficult question. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have been in the middle of We're that. We're a hard-hitting podcast. I, I have, I have a, <laughs> this is a post podcast. <laughs> I, it's, uh, it's complicated, but, but it changed. Uh, before we, can take our we time had the opportunity just, yeah, to ahead. do outreach 
Well, yeah. you know, to go to or uh, and and everything, no, sort two and all the changes that are coming is is mm -hmm. a new philosophy, sure. new way to see the things. But but we used to do many things around that, mm -hmm. like talk at universities, no, mm -hmm. Christine, many yes. times mm -hmm. uh, schools and uh, creating organizations even mm -hmm. with programs uh, from the library book clubs that uh, we do not have anymore but still there uh, i participate in at least in one or two we and uh, also uh, we have um, uh, the uh, latino writers collective organization that is started also with uh, meeting at the library but we do not have these programs anymore okay. they have been changing okay and uh, but yeah i i do not want to be to do critique <laughs> no but that's <laughs> but, but okay it changes. I, I feel what like i can say is it we changes can a lot spin that into a positive though and uh just identify things that we feel like maybe we should be pursuing in the future and we do yeah, be because good. we see so many different immigrant groups that take up our communities in Johnson County. And we noticed that with that diversity, it, is, it behooves the library to offer something to help immigrant groups, not just Spanish speaking. Although there are many Spanish speakers who want to learn English and uh, some other immigrant groups have had that opportunity to learn English in their home countries. Mm -hmm. But we do have English language classes that we offer. We offer them in person on Saturday mornings by trimester, which we're getting prepared for our next trimester to begin in September. And we also continue with the virtual online English language classes because during COVID, many asked us, can we continue to study English? And so we uh, presented a pilot program and it uh, came to fruition and has become an online program for different levels of English once a week also that is uh, sponsored by the Johnson County Library. There are many families in Johnson County that have said, and I believe it's because of our exposure to the immigrant groups, many people and their families have asked, can you do a bilingual story time? And so I do bilingual story times, getting ready to begin those in September also, so that their children can be exposed to another language and that they can understand a little bit more about culture and uh, how people differ from one another. So that's one of the reasons why I present a bilingual story time. Um, yes, we offer citizenship classes because there are many, many immigrants, not just Latin Americans, but many immigrants who have been residents here in the United States. And according to the USCIS, which is the Homeland Security and Immigration, they say there are over 8 million permanent residents in the United States who are eligible to be American citizens. They just haven't found a program that they can get into. Hmm. And that's why we offer that program to those who want to seek citizenship here in the United States. Hmm. So what are some of the other stumbling blocks that uh, um, patrons might encounter that we might be able to help them with? 
For me, it's collections. And, of course, it has to do with money, and it has to do with who's going to decide what that is going to be purchased. And, of course, there are some groups that say, well, why just Spanish? Well, to let you know that Latin American Spanish-speaking people make up the biggest minority in the Johnson County area, and that's why Spanish can reach many of the Spanish-speaking countries throughout the world, so that's why Spanish language materials are always welcomed here at the at the library. Uh, when you talk about Asian groups or other groups in the Middle East, you're talking about various languages. And sure. sometimes those books are a little more difficult to come by. Oh. But Spanish language books can be. And um, I have myself been pushing many years without success. <laughs> but <laughs> that is a drawback. The Spanish language collection that I believe we could have in the Johnson County uh, library system, uh, I believe it could grow. I think it could become more uh, of, a, of a vibrant, uh, viable uh, collection if only we were able to put in some more money and effort in that. I appreciate your passion and vision. Yeah. Thank and you. I, and I, I don't think that uh, we are going to have a lot of uh, uh, German speakers or Japanese speakers to have collections or something uh, like that. Then the Spanish population, we said in Johnson County, from 8% to 12 almost 14% in some parts of the region. And uh, and they they need they need that, those books. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way that they can read other way or 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 watch it. TV program or whatever, or learn learn something, and that's why uh, we should have those services. Like uh, other countries, no, like I, I can say, like Canada, they they are bilingual, and, and it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. It's it's just something. <laughs> if you speak another language, it's better. But but we get to the point now, like before, like long time ago. Like now, Spanish speakers, Latino population, they are saying to the children again, better do not learn uh, Spanish. Mm. <laughs> it's better that you speak English. It's better to... Then it's, it's a big change. And we saw that change, and it was reflected in many uh, parts of the society in the United States. And, yeah. and it, it just is complicated. But I also help try to find a workaround, and I'm very grateful to the Johnson County Library for including, um, because my passion is for children's literature and that they would have access to that, and, and parents can read to their children and share books with their children. But one of my workarounds is with Tumble Books and BookFlix, and those are electronic resources, right. and they do offer books in Spanish that you can listen to, the illustrations are there. So I always leaned some of my parents towards that. Now, of course, there are those parents who hesitate to expose children to that technology, but it is another resource. 
And that's one of my jobs is also to look at resources that are available for the Spanish speaking, Mm -hmm. newspapers in Spanish that might be online, any kind of educational help that we can find in Spanish, such as Lightbox, or we even have, um, it's not tutor.com anymore. (laughs) I don't remember what it is now, but the homework help type uh, resources that we can offer to students who speak Spanish yes. and maybe have some kind of a, an advantage with using those. So I always am ready to promote those yes. and promote them to the adults also so they can have those for their children. And it makes me wonder what I can do in my job um, on the web content team. I feel like we need to go through all of those electronic resources. We have such a broad and wonderful e-library um, and, you know, as you were describing, you know, it, it, I, I don't know just how many of those have a Spanish option and, and how many resources are available within each of, you know, those categories we have in the e-library. And so I feel like we have kind of put that on the patron. It's like, well, you find out if they yeah. if, if, if it's available to you. But um, and, and granted, there are only so many people that on staff and we only have so many hours in the day so we can't do everything that we want to do but um i do feel like it might be beneficial since we've been working on a new uh uh, espanol section of our website it'd be great to say hey here are all the different places on our website with resources that are in your language And you brought up something, Dave, that makes me remember that um, if you're going to put up a signage anywhere in any place that's supposed to serve the Spanish speaking, use the signage in Spanish. Don't put the word Spanish. They're going to walk in and say, oh. But if you put the word Espanol, that's going to call their attention because they'll say, oh, Espanol, so I'm going to... They'll head over there to whatever section it is, whether it's in the children's or in any of the areas that we would like to draw their attention. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we are closing out here, getting towards the end of our recording time that we have. But just to wrap things up, what kind of final thought do each of you have for our listeners out there? Christine, do you have one you'd like to share? I would encourage all of those who are listening that if you know someone in your neighborhood or you've come to become acquainted with someone who speaks Spanish or is an immigrant and you know they could benefit from some of the services of the library, introduce them to the library. I have in the past received uh, messages from people who say, I have a neighbor who would like to learn Mm -hmm. English. And so if you know of someone who might benefit or their children or even bring your children to bilingual story time do so because johnson county library does want to extend those services to the uh immigrant populations the spanish-speaking community yeah thank you yeah no that that's that's great um herman i have a question for you how many years have you worked at the library i worked for almost 14 14 years. Wow. Okay. So Herman is leaving us. And this Friday, in fact, once this podcast comes out, 
Herman is off to bigger and better things. But I want to say thank you for your service as a librarian. I have enjoyed working with you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you very much. But it was a great experience to find a job close to books. Uh, it, it was. I was so lucky to find that. I loved that since the beginning. I, uh, even when I was a page, and uh, you had sometimes the time to look any book, any title, any, and you can of course place the hole <laughs> yeah. or take the book, and and that's wonderful. Uh, close to to books, and we made many great programs for the community. Yes, and I, I'm so proud of many things that we did here at the library and I love and and I was so happy I had many happy moments at the library and and I always like uh, Johnson County Library yeah um, you'll be hard to replace um, and perhaps we will never replace you but I feel like there's got to be some positive direction moving things forward um, because of the work that you've already done. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you thank you. Don't go anywhere. There's more Joko Library Uncovered to come. So I think we started off this episode by admitting that we didn't know a lot about libraries in Latin America. And we end the show by admitting that we don't know a lot about Latin America <laughs> and the libraries, but we've learned a little bit more today. And hopefully we have whetted your appetite and we, we admit our appetite is whetted as well, that we want to learn more. And I, I feel like um, what, what I thought I knew about mm -hmm. Latin American libraries is, is not based on any kind of experience or facts. And so I want to reach out to uh, more people from different countries, not just Latin American countries, but around the world and, and to hear their experience and hear what those libraries are like and, and that love of learning and literature. And uh, thank you so much to uh, Herman and uh, Christine for coming in today and uh, sharing their experiences with us. Yeah, thank thank you to you both. Um, I did want to point out one other resource. I think we mentioned it briefly in the show. Uh, but if you go to jocolibrary.org slash espanol, uh, you can see our website with some of those programs and resources that they were talking about, how Johnson County tries to reach out and serve our local Latino population. Right. And so if you know of any Latino citizens, please let them know that at a web address. And again, that's jocolibrary.org slash Espanol. And on that site, you will find a website page that is in Spanish, and uh, you will get introduction, uh, introduced to our collection, uh, to our e-library, uh, to our research section, all of which have options in Spanish. And then for fun, um, you might learn another language through Rosetta Stone or Mango Languages. Uh, there's Consumer Reports, mm -hmm. uh, Udemy. There are some courses that are in Spanish. And Canopy, 
there's a lot of uh, titles that are in Spanish that are available to you as well. This page is also really helpful if you're looking for resources uh, for citizenship or other types of learning. Library Uncovered. If you enjoyed today's topic, you just might be interested in these recommendations from our collection. First, it's Charles Choices. And today I picked out a couple books that I think might be interesting to our audience. The first one is called Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno-Garcia, which is a kind of a gothic horror title uh, by a, a Latina, a Latino author in our collection. Uh, it's a very popular book in recent years, and I appreciate that we also purchased this one for our Espanol collection. So you, uh, you can find that in our in our Espanol collection under the title Gotico. So Mexican Gothic or Gotico, which you'll find in the show notes as well. And my second selection was Our America, A Hispanic History of the United States by Felipe Fernandez Armesto. And that one is just kind of a tracing some of that, if you like those facts that we did at the top of the show, uh, a more in-depth discussion of the history of the United States from the perspective of Hispanic history. Next is a Dave's double feature and spoiler alert, I'm going to send you over to the streaming video section of our e-library. That's jocolibrary.org slash e-library. Go to streaming video and you will find Canopy. On Canopy, there is a title called Guia Denise Naval. And Guia Denis is dragged to a Mexico uh, to, to Mexico City by her mother to help her in work as a housekeeper for an upper middle class family. There, the subtle psychological subjugation inflicted by the white family uh, functions as a metaphor for the oppression of the old world by the new. Yet. Guy Denis rejects the life of servitude and seeks her own identity through a friendship with another rebellious teen. A striking contrast in uh, to uh, Alfonso Curon's Roma, Guy Denis' Naval is a unique coming-of-age narrative exploring the racism inflicted on indigenous people in Mexico and the empowerment of a new generation that refuses to accept it silently. And Charles, I want you to know, um, I didn't just come up with that off the top of my head. I, mean, I was, I was so actually s- reading that. but that's so smooth. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, that's, that's the description from Canopy. I want to make sure to give credit where credit's yeah. due. Um, also on Canopy is a series of episodes called Visiones uh, Latino Art and culture, and the series explores visual art, performing arts, music, and dance as a way for you to discover Latin American culture. Hmm. 
Very interesting. So if you're interested in those, you can find them and a full list of our book report recommendations on our webpage, jocolibrary.org slash uncovered. Joko Library Uncovered is a production of Johnson County Library and is recorded at the Central Resource Library in Overland Park, Kansas. We would love to read your thoughtful emails at uncovered at jocolibrary.org. Join our online conversation at facebook.com slash jocolibrary. Look for us on Twitter at jocolibrary. Our website is jocolibrary.org. Subscribe to Joko Library Uncovered through your favorite podcatcher or go to jocolibrary.podbean.com. Thanks for listening and come back in two weeks for more Joko Library Uncovered. Mm-hmm.